Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us on Elevating Brick and Mortar. I'm your host, Sid Shetty. This season, we've heard from some of the best industry professionals out there and have enjoyed every single conversation. Looking back at this season, one theme that really stuck out to me was that every guest on our show had something interesting to say about upcoming technological advancements that elevate the customer experience. We're talking everything from digital experiences in a physical space that make your time in a store better, to AI, robotics, and drones to improve operations and deliver a more human touch in areas where it matters, customer service. We're recapping the innovations that today's experts are most excited about. What's new in AI? How are robotics increasing efficiency? When it comes to connecting the physical and digital experience, one thing is clear. The future is already here. Let's talk about what to expect, what's working, what's not working, and how it affects brand experience. And the biggest question, is facilities ready? Service Channel brings you peace of mind through peak facilities performance. Rest easy knowing your locations are offering the best possible guest experience, living up to brand standards, and operating with minimal downtime. Service Channel partners with more than 500 leading brands globally to provide visibility across operations, the flexibility to grow and adapt to consumer expectations, and accelerated performance from their asset fleet and service providers. Get to know us at servicechannel.com. First, let's hear from John Ludlow, VP of Omni Operations at DSW. He talked about the challenges facing our industry. One of those is the labor shortage. He believes that in a post-COVID world, customers' appetite for in-person experiences has actually gone up. And I agree with him. So we not only have to address challenges, but we have to augment it with technology to deliver on that desired in-person experience. It's interesting because there's still a labor shortage in the market, depending on which kind of industry or vertical or the kind of business we're talking about. There's a dearth of talent that can help businesses run their day-to-day operations. And so a lot of businesses are leveraging technology and robotics and a lot of interesting innovation to kind of simplify the jobs, right? To make the more physically challenging jobs become slightly more tolerable. Like for example, Panda's coming out with AutoWalk. They actually already have it where you make the food using ro- a robot versus having a person like work the walk. You know, at White Castle that they use a robot called Flippy. You got Chipotle using Chippy. <laughs> All these different things, like different retailers are trying different things. Different restaurants are trying different things, but it's not to make this less human. It's probably to just reallocate the people that you do have to give a better human experience to your consumer. What are your thoughts on that? I think you're exactly right. Technology is a complement to the human interactions, right? I think people still want to talk to people. That's another thing that hasn't changed post-COVID. Despite COVID, people still want to have physical interaction. So we are investing in technology to complement that, to your point. We are where I was reimagined story headway, we invested in scan and go checkout kiosks. And it's to do exactly what you said. It's a compliment. If customers want to be checked out by one of our associates, they still can't. But we want to be able to invest in that technology. So if you're a customer and you just want to grab and go and be on the run, that we have the technology capability to support that journey. 
And so we've seen tremendous results from a scan go kiosk perspective. You know, all of our go for warehouse reimagined stores is also something that we're going to be looking at for our high volume locations as well. So you can alleviate some of those long lines, right? People leaving their bags because the line's a little too long and get people through. To your exact point, you can reallocate those associates onto the sales floor, whether it's to help a customer buy something online, they're not seeing that size or color in a store, or just answer any general product inquiries. I think through technology and reallocation of labor, you can holistically elevate the in-store shopping experience. How do we stay on top of and ahead of this big technology curve? Brands are trying a lot of different things. Some of it will stick, some of it won't. Either way, it's exciting stuff. Let's hear from Kirk Bedoin, award-winning facilities leader at multiple big-name brands. He told me it's the responsibility of all functions within the brands we serve to stay on top of and on the bleeding edge of innovation. like robotics, automation, like that's not going away. I mean, we need to embrace that. Do you think the facilities industry is ready? Because a lot of robotics, whether it is front of house, you know, facing the consumer or back of house with, you know, your warehouse or whatever that might be, that's a lot of things that are going to break. And, you know, it's going to basically be for facilities to, to, to be on top of it and stay ahead of it. What, what are your thoughts on that? Some people out there are going to embrace it and they'll be on that, you know, what I call bleeding edge. There's people out there right. that still don't run <laughs> right. with a CMMS system and haven't converted to LED lighting. So it's like, it's amazing the span and the difference between those who are on the forefront and those who are straggling behind. Yeah, I have a feeling there's going to be a number of, of people out there, whether it's companies or individuals or whatnot, that are going to say, yes, yeah, show me more. No different than the first unmanned floor scrubber or, you know, your, your little iRobot or whatever, you know, vacuuming the floors, right? You know, there's people that are going to embrace it. And then there's people that are like, hey, it's probably another decade or two before they convert to LED, right? So it's the bleeding edge to cutting edge to, to normal acceptance to the other side of the bell curve. So I think those that, that are going to test this stuff out, you know, kudos to them because it's, it's those groups that, right. that will make the headwinds right. or headway that's right. making it more normalized, right? Like keep an eye on on where the technology and things are going. And I, you know, I have a feeling that, you know, if you leap forward 10, 20, 30 years, I'm kind of excited to see what, you know, what the standard or what the majority of people are, right. are doing and using. And is it, do we catch up to that, that bleeding edge? Things have come a long way in the energy management spot, right? You know, before it was just, you know, hey, we're just monitoring what our usage is, is now. IOT and everyone's monitoring every every ounce of consumption everywhere and how do you streamline it? How do you shut it down? How do you eliminate or avoid the peak spend? And it's cool to see all the innovation taking place. I, I don't have a, a set answer on how much is facilities management going to be affected by it. I mean, because from the leaders in that category to the stragglers, such a wide, wide gap. You know, I think this massive advancements that's, that's happening right now in the space, it's only going to get crazier. You know, it, the things that we're seeing with automation and robotics uh, is phenomenal. And you know, some of it is to actually ensure that, you know, the labor that you do have in your store um, is actually spending more time with the customer 
and is not spending time on repeatable tasks. And so robotics is taking over that. Then in some cases, it's adding to the experience of the customer. Those are all amazing things. I mean, then you look at you know, all the technologies with just walk out technologies, you have an experience for the customer where they don't have friction. They walk in, they take whatever they want, and they walk out. There's thousands of cameras on in that ceiling, uh, making sure that, you know, every single thing that you pick up is being tagged to you as a consumer. If five of those cameras go out, that's a blind spot. And, you know, the, right. the consumer doesn't know. The consumer just walks out. And, you know, and lo and behold, like they haven't paid for something, but that's all yeah. going to be facilities. And so I think the more we do as an industry to adapt and stay ahead and stay relevant, the more we're going to be able to control the impact we have in a positive way. Educate ourselves on, on what the new advancements are and find a way to ensure that, you know, we're, we're taking care of the store, taking care of the consumer. Um, and taking care of the operator. As soon as you introduce something, and I won't go into specifics, but many years ago in my past, we rolled out some technology that was supposed to save and reduce, uh, avoid rolling trucks and things like that. And it did. But we also saw an increase in calls to fix the technology that didn't exist before. We didn't ever have any calls about that because the technology wasn't it wasn't in, in the location. That's right. So, so when, once you introduce something new, into the building, you might get the benefit that it was promising, but you've introduced something new in the building that's going to take and require your or someone else's attention to maintain it or troubleshoot it, replace it, repair it. Right. There's nothing ever, ever free, right? It's not like, hey, here's the, here's, here's the end all be all solution to everything. Then there's Mike Guinan, VP of operations at White Castle. He is so excited about the tech developments coming to the restaurant industry. In fact, White Castle may be a little ahead of the curve with a burger-flipping robot named Flippy and a drive-through AI named Julia. He's convinced that robots and AI are going to make the customer experience in his brick-and-mortar locations way better. Let's hear from Mike. Depending on what you want or how you want to interact with the brand, we've got to be able to deliver that to you no matter how, no matter what way you want it very timely with quality food and to meet or exceed your expectations. Yeah. The the restaurant category in general, outside of equipment and and enhancements for team members, we've not brought a lot of technology. We've not brought robotics into the kitchen. And so for us to have Flippy at the fryer, we're very excited to see where we can take Flippy. And to have Julia in the drive-thru, we're very excited about that. It's the foundation and where do we go from there? I promise you it's not going to take anyone's job away. It's going to enhance their job. And more importantly, it's going to enhance how the customer is able to interact with us and how we're able to deliver against what their expectation is. Yeah, I think that's spot on. You know, Mike, as as locations evolve and this, the spaces that we create for our consumers evolve, and a lot of folks in our audience you know, are responsible for those things. I mean, how do you think that part of the industry is keeping up. You know, are we keeping up at the same pace in terms of the technology advancements that are creating this experience for the consumer? So for us, it's the being dedicated to our customers, team members, and partnerships to take technology to the next level to make our team members' job as easy as possible and the customer experience as best as possible. And along the way, you're going to have your bumps and you're going to have your hurdles. It's how you work through those 
and come out on the other end that's most important. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there to try technology, to try robotics. It's coming fast and furious. It's here. And I would say personally, embrace it. You can tell that Mike is excited, but not everyone is as clear on the role of AI in their world. Let's hear from Mark Warren, Vice President, Facilities, Real Estate and Development at Kindercare. Mark is in the childcare industry, so his facilities have to serve a very specific purpose, keeping families and kids safe and happy and building trust with the parents. His facilities have a huge impact on the customer experience and brand perception has a big impact on customer confidence. So he has to think carefully about the changes he brings into the physical environment. And when it comes to AI, Mark is a little skeptical about the role it will play in a business like his. What are your thoughts on some of the interesting technologies that are coming out? And it, you know, might not apply directly to to childcare, but there's interesting things happening with robotics and AI. And I'm having some really great conversations, a lot of people around what is being tested out there. Maybe you're thinking about things with your teams in different departments about how you could leverage those technologies. But what are your thoughts on what the next five, seven years look like? Well, for our business, uh, I, I don't think that anybody's going to build a robot that can change a diaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. Don't even, I think we want that. So our, our automation is is probably not going to evolve the way restaurant or retail is going to evolve, and in, in at least the way I see it. I think you'll see some evolution in certain building technologies like the energy management systems or other things that are using more AI-based together outdoor weather data and you know try and time when to turn units on and, and things like that. But I, I don't see a significant change. Ironically, this is exactly one of the reasons why I liked the idea of coming to Kindercare when I made that decision because internet sales were this back in 2016 internet sales were going up in every major retailer and my perspective was well how much are they going to need brick and mortar so i thought kinder care that you you can't outsource it can't be done online the physical building has to be there and they have to go to it so there's no way that you can do this over the internet so it felt like a great move to me now clearly i was wrong uh that the internet sales are still you know have <laughs> <laughs> have not gotten to a place where they're closing brick and mortar like crazy. But at the time, I thought, this is internet proof. It's Amazon proof. Next is Dina McKinley, Chief Experience Officer of Papagino's Pizza and D'Angelo Grilled Sandwiches. Dina believes that the CXO is not just responsible for the experience of the consumer, but also that of the employee. Dina shares how robotics and AI shouldn't be looked at as a threat. It won't take anyone's job away. In fact, it'll make the employee experience better so that they can focus on delighting the customer and delivering great service. Really cool things that are happening in the restaurant space with robotics. There's all these things that are happening, you know, back of house but also like front of house with robots being used to you know, bus tables, deliver your drinks. These are just some of the advancements that are happening in the automation and the world of robotics. What excites you? What do you think is here to stay? And what do you think is not going to change about the business that, that you're in? That's a great question. I think that the best part about automation 
and robotics and the advancements in technology is anything that will help us create more efficiencies within our labor. I don't like to look at these advancements as replacements of people. I like to look at them as ways that we can enhance the guest experience because what these technology advancements allow us to do is free up our people to do the things that they do best, that the robotics and that the technology cannot do, which is have better guest interactions, make our food faster and better, present it faster and better, try to figure out what else we can do to create better experiences, get more involved with people in the restaurants, know our customers better, and try to advance frequency and and other things by gaining more knowledge of the guests in our restaurants. So to me, having all of this great technology, it serves a purpose as labor reallocation instead of labor replacement. And I think that it's really important for us to remember that because that reallocation of labor to doing the things that people are best at doing is what's going to make our businesses better. And we have to remember, I mean, first and foremost, we're in the people business. We are the whole thing about restaurants and hospitality industry. I mean, hospitality, we are a people business, people first. You know, going back to the very beginning of this conversation, we are all here because of the people in the restaurants. The team members in the restaurants are our whole reason for being. And that's not going to change anytime soon, in my opinion. And so anything that we do, again, just enhances what they can do. One thing's clear, there's a lot of change and that impacts our industry. The question is, is facilities ready? How can we prepare for automation and the robotics and AI revolution? Let's share from my interview with Lee Pearson, Senior Director of Facilities, Sustainability, Sourcing and Procurement at Staples Canada. I think, and I'm generalizing, so I can only speak from my experience. I think facilities individuals tend to jump in no matter what. I think we are a community of doers. <laughs> we want to help. So, you know, and, and I'm probably extremely guilty of this myself. No problem. We'll take it. We'll do it. We'll look at it. But I do think that as things continue to automate, we have to really reflect on what are the skills we require internally to help support that. Right. So as an example, when I think about the composition of my team and how it's changed over the years from having perhaps some coordinators and and having individuals who support, say, mail services, food services, things of that nature, and more corporate buildings, on-site maintenance technicians, but moving now to, okay, we're going to require some electricians on-site. We require engineering expertise because it is changing around us. And the reality is, if we're going to support it and support it well and be a trusted partner, we need to have goods, right? So we need to have that expertise. And so it's it's about also really looking and saying, now, what are the what are the new skill sets? What are the new types of roles that we need to think about to better manage that? And then I would say, but also we have to think about what training aids and learning aids and job aids are required on site now to support. Like, it's not just how do we support. We're not just bringing tech into our spaces because we want to keep up with the times. Customers are demanding that the in-store experience is elevated. And to deliver on that, brands are reacting by changing their physical spaces. Delivering on this promise determines if we can grab and keep customer attention and loyalty. 
Let's get some advice from Marco Zanardi, President of the Retail Institute of Italy. We're competing for mind space. We're competing to ensure that we connect with each generation in their own way because they all have a different expectation from the brands they love. What is, what's your outlook on that? We are in a hybrid situation because we have the technology that is running very fast and with an intensity very tough. So we have also a lot of new generation. They have got their technology in so quickly way. You can guess, you can imagine your children. They are managed the tablet or the smartphone in a very quickly, fast way, in a very clever way. So you can find a very relevant uh, impact from the mobile phone. The mobile phone is the new gate for information. By and large, you have 85% of the sales that comes from, from the physical store. So right. the bullet that the physical store is need to change. And the physical store need to change because, of course, the new generation, the globalization, the matching, the different culture around the world, they would like to receive, of course, services in a quickly way. Just yeah. one bullet for, for all. Google said that if you have a website that doesn't answer in three seconds, the people leave your website. So just an example, if you are a Walmart and your website doesn't answer, doesn't respond, doesn't give the information in the slot, in the range between right. three and six seconds, you lose your final client. The new generation by large has an attention between the eight and 10 seconds. So. Right. They would like to receive your information physically or digitally by large seats in a range between 8 and 10 seconds. So you have to catch the attention for that. We are in an economy, in an attention economy, yeah. because you have to get the attention of the your final clients, uh, generation, etc., etc., in 10 seconds. We're competing for mind space, right? Somebody is looking at your site, they're in front of your store, you have a certain amount of time to grab their attention. Exactly. And if you don't, they're gone. And that's the challenge. It's just like, how do you make, you know, your digital experiences respond fast enough to the consumer attention, you know, and, and how do you ensure that if you're someone who's in front of a store, that the physical space is inviting and grabs your attention and says, come in, walk in as opposed to just continuing to walk down the streets. And it's amazing to see all the different things that the innovation that is being tested to try and do exactly that, which is have this convergence of the digital experience. When you think about all the C-level execs you interact with, like you meet a lot of C-level execs um, and you hold events where you got uh, leaders of these of these concepts and these brands coming and having conversations and having panels can you share with us what are the hot topics that they care about? What excites them and what worries them? The new generation and the new leader are very, 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 I would like to underline, underline three times, yeah. uh, focus on the customer centricity to redesign uh, the retail environment because you can't maintain the same retail environment for your entire life. So you have to maintain the soul of your store at the level that your final customer would like to see. Because as we told before, 
we have a sort of attention that uh, is very fragile. So now the new generation and also the old generation are received a lot of, oh, an overwhelming of information and insights. So if you wanted to get the information, the attention, the mindset of your client, you have to reset your store. The retail dynamic environment means new communication, new right. activity insights, new experiments. So is facilities ready for all the changes we're adopting so quickly? Let's also hear from Morgan Saga, facilities manager at Swarovski, a luxury brand that pays a lot of attention to customer experience. They treat their locations like a castle and are even coming up with new concepts to take experiences to whole new heights. And so to manage these locations, you have to embrace new technologies. It looks like people are going back to the stores, which is very positive. You can see technology as well becoming a big part of our stores or stores in general, internet right. of things, how things are connected one to another. Uh, recently walked into a store and there was a screen and you can see what's the weather like, what's the level of humidity in the stores and then it was 100% of purity in the air. So it's connecting right. your assets to deliver that message. Artificial intelligence as well, more thinking about facility management. At the moment, change of concept, you need to create new manuals. So use of artificial intelligence to deliver right. those manuals and maybe to help technician while coming to a store for the first time. So a lot of things will be happening in retail. It will be obvious to a client or a customer, sometimes not, but that's, that's promising for fast management at the end of the day. What every brand is learning is that today's consumers have a lot of choices and we have to meet them where they are. That means a lot of changes in how we interact with them and how the physical spaces are built to engage with those evolving needs. Brands that get this right will grow quickly and exponentially. David Bloom, Chief Development and Operating Officer at Capriotis and Wingzone, has some ideas on how to make sure everyone gets what they want in a world full of choices. Your growth is dependent on the actual physical space. So, you know, you look at the physical space and on the assets that are contributing to the experience of the consumer, revenue generating assets, how important it is to you what the physical space looks like on day one, how it looks like on day 100 and contribution it has to the consumer's experience when they walk in through that door. Yeah, I think that's a great question. First of all, it is certainly a critical part of the customer experience, right? When they walk in, does it feel good? Is it right. clear? Is it clear where they should go? Which way should they go? Is it convenient? Is the ordering process really convenient? Is it personal? Yeah, it's easy and it's digital and it's high tech. Does it feel good? Am I talking to somebody? I just walked into your business. Is there a greeting? So there's the physical space coordinated with the, I call it the human resources side of the business and integrating those along with all the technologies that may be tracking people when they walk in the door and just starting to connect with them and provide all the loyalty programs, access to payment and menu ordering. So it's sort of this integration of physical space, human resources and technology and making sure it all works in a way that's seamless. Right. And I, th I think that's the c consumer experience. That's the consumer expectation today because they know it can be done well because lots of brands are doing it really well. When we opened our first wing zone, what we call wing zone 2.0, 
we leaned in really heavy on kiosks, self-order kiosks. Sure. And what all of our consumer feedback metrics told us and all of our scraping of social media comments and all that kind of stuff, it told us pretty quickly that consumers actually wanted more interaction, needed more interaction, and particularly for a new brand where they didn't really, right. they didn't know, hey, what is this sauce versus that sauce? And what should I order? They wanted more human touch. And fortunately, we had built that flexibility into our system and could just flip the screens and you know adjust our staffing levels and provide it. We went in with one hypothesis and hey, people just, they want the least amount of interaction. They want to just come in and hit a kiosk and place their order and have their food brought out. And, and there is some segment of the consumers that want that. And so you can provide that opportunity, enhance their experience. So Something as simple as that, maybe it's, it sounds simple, is just critical to the success of the brand. Otherwise, we're a commodity, right? It's just a transaction and there is no brand loyalty. And that's one of the tenets that we build our brands on is we want to build up a people that are literally handing it down from generation to generation, love of the brand. And we're trying to build that on the wing zone side as well. Brands are doing a lot of work to elevate the customer experience by converging the physical and the digital. Today, we want to make educated purchases and do it in a way that's convenient, personalized, and immersive. What's clear is that with all this innovation, consumers are the winner. Let's wrap up today's show with my conversation with Chris Walton, co-CEO of OmniTalk. What are you seeing in terms of consumer expectations and where do you think it's going to go from here? For the most part, I would say that the consumer is going to continue to evolve and that will be a more gradual evolution. I think there's a saying too that we tend to underestimate the change that happens in the 10 years, but overestimate the change that happens in the short term that should happen in the short term. I think it's a psychological phenomenon. That's how we think about things. We maybe want it to happen faster over time. It'll just be an evolution. And then we'll look back and go, oh man, that that's a lot of change because it was different than what we knew when we started the evolution or the journey together. There's a whole host of new ways to think about the store within the convenience of one's life. And that's where you see things like curbside pickup, right. shipping from store, shortening those shipping windows even more, having it come to you on your schedule. And so that's what's been inspiring me to start this year is thinking about it from that lens of, okay, we're really talking about the continued evolution of convenience shaping retail. And when I step back and think of it that way, it's incredibly interesting to me because you start to get all these other aspects that come into it. Okay, how are stores going to change then? Is there be more emphasis on curbside pickup? You might even have automation playing into that where there's devices that are taking the orders from the store out to people's vehicles. You've got Target doing Starbucks via curbside. Like all of that's evolving too. And then the last point to me that I find really interesting as well is, then you've got the in-store experience too about how do you make that more convenient? And then you get into the checkout and how checkout is radically changing as well from scan, pay, go options to computer vision like Amazon's just walkout technology. The world is endless when you start thinking about how that's gonna change. But man, those three things are all really big changes that are starting to happen in the physical world, all because that's the right. stores have reasserted their dominance in that discussion in a way that they hadn't before. I hope you enjoyed today's show, where uh, we heard some great perspectives from thought leaders in our space. We know that consumer expectations have never been higher, and we're at an inflection point. So what's next? We can't predict the future, but what I can say is that it'll be exciting. The brands that adapt and innovate will win consumer loyalty and mind space. What I also know is that our industry will never be the same. 
Thanks again for joining me. I'm your host, Sid Shetty, and I'll catch you next time on Season 3 of Elevating Brick and Mortar. Service Channel brings you peace of mind through peak facilities performance. Rest easy knowing your locations are offering the best possible guest experience, living up to brand standards, and operating with minimal downtime. Service Channel partners with more than 500 leading brands globally to provide visibility across operations, the flexibility to grow and adapt to consumer expectations, and accelerated performance from their asset fleet and service providers. Get to know us at servicechannel.com.